Nadarm Daf Lamed Beis is from the last cycle. Today's Daf is Nadarm Daf Lamed Beis, and we are at the Gemara, six lines from the bottom of Daf Lamed Aleph Lamed Beis. So the last Mishnah discussed someone who made a neder, Sha'ani Nehenel L'Arelim, or he made a neder, Sha'ani Nehenel L'Mulim. So the Mishnah said, that the definition of an oral is not someone that's uncircumcised, and the definition of mulim is not someone that is circumcised, but rather arelim, belashem neyadam, refers to oivde kechavim, and mulim, belashem neyadam, refers to Yisraelim. So the Gemara from there went off on a, or the Mishnah from there went off on a tangent. The Mishnah usually doesn't digress. The Gemara often digresses, not often that a Mishnah digresses. And the Mishnah went off and digressed and discussed at length different inyanim regarding the mitzvah of Mila. So the Gemara picks up on that note. Tanya, Rabbi Shuman Karcha said, G'dayla Mila, Mila is such an important mitzvah, Sh'kol Skiyah, Sh'asa Moshe Rabbeinu, that all the schosim the Moshe Rabbeinu did, Le'amdu Le'ikish and Yisra'ashom and Amila. As great as Moshe Rabbeinu was, however, when he himself was weak in his attitude towards the mitzvah of Mila, all the schosim that he had done did not protect him. Shenemar, as the Pasuk says, Vayifkesheyu Hashem, now this Pasuk is referring to a, a very bizarre episode that takes place at the end of Parsha Shmois. The Torah says at the end of Parsha Shmois, when Hashem comes to Moshe and he tells Moshe, go back to Mitzrayim and you're going to be the shliach, you're going to be the one to take the Yedin out of Mitzrayim. So the Pasuk the there says, So Moshe is on his way. He's Bamolin, which usually means a hotel. So Moshe Rabbeinu checks into a hotel. Hashem, which usually means Hashem. In this case, the Gemara will say it means a Malach came, encountered Moshe, and wanted to kill him. So Tzapoira takes a Tzar, a rock. She does a quick brismila on her son. And she said, So again, very ambiguous. It's not clear what exactly happened. So Moshe Rabbeinu checks into the hotel. Uh, Hashem comes, wants to kill him. Tzapayra quickly does brismila on her son. And what happens afterwards? And of course, the end of the story is that Moshe Rabbeinu isn't killed. So the Gemara here is going to discuss this story a little bit. So Rabbi Shurban Karcha said, that you see from here how great Milo is. Because clearly... There was a Malach that wanted to kill Moshe, and the reason had something to do with the fact that he was weak in his observance of the mitzvah of Milah, because you see that what stopped the Malach from wanting to kill Moshe? Tzapayra doing brismila on her son. So it says the Gemara, so you see how important Milah is. Amar Rebbe, Rebbe said, I don't agree with you. You're interpreting the Pesukim literally, that Moshe Rabbeinu was being punished for not doing brismila. How could it be that Moshe Rabbeinu would not have done brismila for his son? It's the most basic mitzvah. Elo, kach Amar, this is why Moshe said, Emoil should I leave, should I do brismila to my son and then go off on the road as Hashem commanded me to do to go back to Mitzrayim? I can't, sakoni, because that's going to be a sakon for my son. Shinem, as the Pasuk says, because the 
third day of Brismila is considered a Sakana. What's the Makar that the third day of Brismila is considered a Sakana? Because you find that the story with Shem and Levi, when they go after the Anshish Shechem, they went after them on the Shlishi Lamila. Should I do Brismila and then wait three days? I'll wait till Shlishi Lamila passes. Shem told me to go back to Mitzrayim. So I can't do that. So, meaning, Moshe had a mitzvah to do Brismila, but he also had a mitzvah to listen to Hashem. And for him to have done the bris milah, and then afterwards listen to Hashem, it would have put his child's life in Sakana. So that certainly wasn't an option. So it's true that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't do bris milah right away, but there was a reason he didn't do bris milah right away. The reason he didn't do bris milah right away was because he had a mitzvah to return to Mitzrayim. And being that he had a good cheshben why he wasn't doing bris milah, there's no reason that he should have been punished. Now there's a discussion in the Rishonim, which one of these Moshe's sons are we talking about? Are we talking about Gershon? his oldest son, or we're talking about Eliezer, his second son. Also, when did this happen? The eighth day is when Hashem told Moshe to leave. It would sound from this Gemara a little bit that the first time he had a mitzvah to do it, he couldn't do it because Hashem had already told him to leave. And he couldn't do the bris because he would run into a problem with the shlishi lamila. But either way, it's an unclear Gemara. But I am very sure. So why was Moshe punished? The reason he was punished is not because he completely disregarded the Mitzvah Mila. He had a cheshman. The problem was is that as he had gotten closer to Mitzrayim, at that point he stopped and he checked into this hotel. At that point... He could have done Brismila immediately because he was close enough to Mitzrayim that even when he would have returned back to Mitzrayim, he would have continued with his journey. He wouldn't have put his child's life in Sakana. He didn't do that. Rather, he was Nasasik bin Molin. It's for that reason that he was punished. That's exactly when the Malach came after him because it was only then that he showed his Rifyon in the Mitzvah of Mila. That the Sultan really never tried killing Moshe, although that's the way you read the Pasik literally. Really, the target of the Satan was the child. As the Pasik says, Who was Tzapira, Moshe's wife, referring to when she said, She was referring to the child. She was probably talking to the Tinek. He was the Hassan Milo. He was the one that had the Prismila. I mean, that he's the one that had the Prismila. He's the one that she was referring to. If he's the one that she was referring to, it sounds like he's the one whose life was at risk. A little more, I got it on this story. So these two Malachi Chavala, one's name is Af, the other one's name is Chema, they both came and they swore. Started swallowing Moshe. The only part of him that they left unswallowed were his legs. Miyad, so what did Sapir do? She got the message. She realized that it had something to do with that area that was causing all these issues. Miyad, she took this rock, and she did Brismilo. Miyad, the Pasik says right afterwards, what does that mean? So Moshe Rabbeinu was going to take on these two Machi Apparently he was stronger than them and he wanted to kill them. That the Pasik says, Hashem had to tell Moshe, don't kill Af and don't kill Chema. The Eshem, some say, he actually killed Chema. Chema's not around anymore. But there's another Pasik in 
Dvarim that says Kiyogarti Afa So much later on in Dvar when either on the midbar already, Mesh Rabbeinu refers to Chema. He says, I'm afraid of Af and I'm afraid of Chema. So it seems that Chema was still around. Mesh killed him, then he shouldn't still be around. It says the Gemara Trey Chema, there were two different Chemas. Two Malachi Chavolo, whose name was Chema. Iba is Chema. Another Pshat Gunda de Chema. Chema himself was killed, but his army, his, his entourage wasn't killed. And that's who Mesh Rabbeinu later on in Dvarim is afraid of. So again, these are things that um, we don't really understand. But either way, that is the story that the Gemara tells over here. Just one interesting sidebar regarding this last piece of Gemara, and that is that Rebbe said that the reason Moshe didn't do Brismila on his son before he left Midian is because he was about to go on his way, and he knew that on the third day of Brismila, there's a sakana for a child, and he didn't want to be traveling on that day because he felt he was putting his life's child at sakana, and that was something that he didn't want to do. Now, incidentally, the Masha asks a kashi, brings a kashi from the Re'e, that the Re'e masked that who said Moshe Rabbeinu's cheshman was the right cheshman? Now, we know that if a person has a decision to make, do a mitzvah and give up my life, or should I save my life and not do the mitzvah? So the halacha is that Yavar v'al Yehari, with the exception of the three Averis Chamurois, where the halach is Yehari v'al Yavar. But how do you know the halach is Yavar v'al Yehari? It's learned out from a Pasuk in the Torah. It says, V'chai bohem, v'loshi We learn it out from a Pasuk in the Torah. It's a freak to This was before Ma'an Torah. If this was before Ma'an Torah, you didn't have the Pasuk of V'chai bohem. You didn't have the halacha that a person is not mechuyif to give up his life for mitzvahs. So presumably a person should have been obligated to give up his life for a mitzvah. So if you're obligated to give up your life for a mitzvah, then Moshe Rabbeinu should have been mechuyif to do bris milah even at the expense of it harming his son. Now here it's his son's life. It's not his own life. Some say maybe that's the chilek. But that's the kasha that the re'eim asks. So the Masha says a teretz. But either way, an interesting shiloh, whether Bnei Noyach are have the halacha of the chaybahem, or they don't have the halacha of the chaybahem. The Re'im asks it as a kasha that he doesn't understand why it was so pushing Moshe's cheshben to listen to bimavato bris mila, because by doing bris mila, he may be putting his child's life at risk. If he has a mitzvah to mal his son, like every father does, then maybe he should have been mechuyif to do it, even at the expense of pikuach nefesh. One thing. The second aura, so the Gemara over here mentions that the Shlishi Lamila, Moshe thought that it would be a Sakana. The Ran speaks out that it's Lav Dafki, the Shlishi Lamila. The first day of the Mila and the second day of the Mila, you have the same exact halacha. Shlishi, you also have it. It's the first three days. It's up to the Shlishi Lamila. But the first and the second day, you have this as well. In fact, the Ran says the same exact thing in Masach the Shabbos, and it's Machlaikis Rishayinim. Whether we talk about Shlishi Lamila, is it only the Shlishi Lamila, or is it the first and the second day and even the Shlishi Lamila? My nafkimina, and the times of Chazal was a very big nafkimina because this is a sugi and parakrabalas of the Mila, and it's brought down in Shulchan Aruch. In the times of Chazal, the Shlishi Lamila was considered a day where we'd be Machal Shabbos for a, a child, for anything that the child needs, because we assumed that the child is at a tremendous state of Sakana. So if the Sakana is only on the third day, so then only on the third day would be Michal Shabbos. But bring the Sakana, if the Sakana is not only on the third day, but on the first and the second day, there's a Sakana as well. So if there's a Sakana on all three days, then you'd be Michal Shabbos for the child all three days. What's the Makar to this idea of Shlishi Shabbos asks as a Kasha that we, you learn this from Sh- from Shechem, the Anshei Shechem. The Anshei Shechem were adults. They weren't children. So it's interesting. He asks as a Kasha, how could you 
you learn from adults, this concept of there being a sakon on the third day. An adult that goes through the brismila process is very different than a child that goes through the brismila process. So maybe the adult is going to be at sakona on the third day. Who said the children are going to be at sakona on the third day? But either way, just one interesting tajvitz that we talked about a, a very long time ago, the shach at the very end of Hilchas Milo brings a chiddush from the tajbats. The tajbats says that if it's true that on the third day Lamila, a child is in a sakona, so he says a chiddush la'locha, that a father should not do a mila shalei bezmanai on a Thursday. Because if you're going to do a Mila Shleibaz Manai on a Thursday, then it's going to come out that the third day will be Shabbos. And you may put yourself in a situation where you have to be Michal Shabbos for the child. And that's naturally something that's very much uh, bidiyevet. And it's for that reason, the Shach said a Chiddush, never do a Mila Shleibaz Manai on a Thursday. And as Makar to this was, a Gemara in the end of the first paragraph of Masach the Shabbos. The Gemara over there says, You're not let to go on a boat within three days, three days before Shabbos. Why? Because we're concerned that you may still be on the boat in the water on Shabbos. You may have to be Michal Shabbos. There's different reasons given why. That's the pshat that Rabbeinu Zrachi Alevi the Balamor says. So says the Shabbos, you see a chiddush, that you have to be concerned already on Thursday or Friday about not putting yourself in a situation where on Shabbos you may have to be Michal Shabbos. So if you have to be concerned before Shabbos not to be in a situation on Shabbos where you may have to be Michal Shabbos, so for the same price, don't do a Milo Shalei Bezmanoi. Not to be Bezmanoi, you have no choice. But if it's a Milo Shalei Bezmanoi, there's no reason to do a Milo Shalei Bezmanoi before Shabbos. So on the third, on Thursday, already be cognizant of the Shlish of Milo, which will be on Shabbos. The Shach asks two kashas. His first kash, he says that the same Gemara over there that says, Ema Fligen, Besfina Pachas Megimel Yom, Kedem Shabbos says that Dvar Mitzvah, you're allowed to. This is a Dvar Mitzvah. So based on that, right away, the Tajbaz is Makar. If anything, is a Rai that you're allowed to do it. Because it's true, you have to be worried about a Chil Shabbos that may happen before Shabbos, but not Lidvar Mitzvah. And here we're discussing uh, Dvar Mitzvah. In Lumbus, the Tajbaz is also a Chiddush. Because when Mila is Deich Shabbos, is it a Hutra? Is it a Dechuya? If it's a Dechuya, then I understand. But if it's a Hutra, then you're not even begrudgingly being Michal Shabbos. It's Hutra. There's no Isra Shabbos. So that's something that to think about as well. But the end, the Shach says, but besides, I have even a bigger kasha because most Rishayim hold that when we say but it's the first and the second day as well. So according to the Tajbids, not only can you do a on Thursday, you won't be able to do it on a Friday either. Shabbos, you certainly can't do it. You won't be able to do a Friday. That means you can only do it Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. He says, that's a Chiddush Godo and it's because of that the Shach dismisses the Chiddush of the Tajbits, if I remember correctly, Mr. Brewer brings the Tajbits and he says, the But either way, that was his Chiddush. His Chiddush was not to do a Mila Shaloi Bezmanoi on a Thursday because you may put yourself in a situation where you have to be Michal Shabbos for. Pekuach Nefesh, which is a Chiddush in Halacha, and it's a Chiddush in Lomdis, and the Sugis of Pekuach Nefesh, Hutshra, Tchuya. But either way, just uh, a little bit on this Gemara. Says the Gemara, Vaita Tanya, Rebbe Yagbek, Dayla Milo Shein Lachom Yishin Asasik, Bimitzvah Gavram Avinu. Milo is so great that there was no one who did Mitzvahs like Gavram, for they never him Allah Milo, and he wasn't considered a Tom until he did the Bris Milo. Shanemar, Salak Lafonai, Vehayeh, Samim, Vixiv, and it says right afterwards, Vet Nabrisi, Benu Venacho. So what was Avram considered a Tom? When he did Bris Milo. Mila is so great that it's equal to all the mitzvahs of the Torah. Shenemar, as the Pasuk says, and it says afterwards, so you see that, so Mila is equated to so just like 
means the entire Torah, so too Mila is shakal keneged kol mitzvah shevet Torah. Now we just had that regarding tzitzis a few days ago. That tzitzis is shakal keneged kol Torah kulo. So here we have it regarding Mila as well. So why Mila? Tzitzis we said, because you see the tzitzis, the tcheles, the emeliyam, the rakia, the kisiyakovit. Where does Mila come to kol Torah kulo? So the Masha says, because the halacha is that a guy is not allowed to keep Shabbos. A guy is not allowed to learn Torah. So someone that doesn't have Rasmila says the Masha is like an Akum. And Akum can't do mitzvahs. He can't even keep Shabbos. So therefore, you need the Mila as your pathway to be able to observe Torah mitzvahs. And so that reason, Mila is equated to call mitzvahs Shabbat Torah. If we have some time, we'll say over another Shabbat. Mila is so great. Because were it not for Mila, Hashem would have never created the world, or the world would not have a kiyam. Shenemarim leberisi yoyim v'laila. And what's the end of the pasuk? As the Mishnah quoted, Chukai shemayim v'aretz leisamti upliga the Rabbi Lazar. And this is not like something Rabbi Lazar said. Dam Rabbi Lazar gedei leTayra. Tayra is so great. Shemali Tayra leineskaimu shemayim v'aretz. Shenemarim leberisi yoyim v'laila. Chukai shemayim v'aretz leisamti. That that pasuk is not referring to Mila, but rather that pasuk is referring. Referring to Torah, it's Yidua, the Rebbe Kiveger, it's in a tshuva, and it's right here, Masech Nesadarim asks that Bishloyma, according to Rabbi Lazar, that says that in Leibaris, the name of Elayla is referring to the Bris of Torah, I understand why it's referred to in the Pasuk as Brisi Yom of Elayla, because Torah is a mitzvah that you have to do Yom of Elayla, it says, V'hagisah Yom of Elayla, but according to the Mishnah that says that Milo doesn't mean, that Brisi doesn't mean the Bris of Torah, rather means the Bris Milo. What does Bris Milo have to do with Brisi Yem Valayla? When does a child get his Bris Milo? When he's eight days old. Point is, it happens one time in a person's lifetime. It's not Brisi Yom Valayla. Torah is Brisi Yom Valayla. You always have a mitzvah, Yom Valayla. But Bris Milo is not Yom Valayla. So Freik Rebkiva Eger, then how could it be a Brisi Yom Valayla? Says Rebkiva Eger, based on a Oil of Ephraim was one of the Kadmonim, and Oil of says that the idea of the mitzvah of Mila is that every person is created with an Orla Salev. As the Pasuk quoted in the Mishnah Laman Aleph of the Bey said, Every person has a Timtum Alev, he's an Oral Halev. How do you remove the Oral Halev? Through Brismila. By taking off the oral that's on the aver, by that you remove the arla salev. Says the oral safran, why do we do brismila? Because as long as a person has arla salev, his lev is fashtopped. He can't learn Torah, he can't do mitzvahs, he can't be masik any madregas. He's very limited in terms of what he's able to do. Through brismila, the arla salev is removed. He becomes now a mahol. Umal, as Hashem is levavchen, his lave now has a milah, and therefore he's now able to be masik Torah. So it says Rabbi Kivager, it's true that the mitzvah of milah itself is something that happens one time in a person's lifetime. However, through milah, a person's able to observe Torah mitzvahs, which are things he has to do by day and by night. Yom of So Rabbi Kivager said, that's the pshat in Mila being considered Brisa Yom of Elayla. It's not the mitzvah of Mila per se that's Yom of Elayla. It's not. The mitzvah of Mila is something that happens one time in a person's lifetime. However, through the mitzvah of Mila, he now is able to be Mekayim Torah mitzvahs because he removes the Arla Saleh. If Torah mitzvahs is something he can do Yom of Elayla, it's for that reason that the mitzvah of Mila is considered Brisa Yom of Elayla. Could be that's another pshat in the Gemara, G'dayla Mila, that it's Shkula Kineged Kol Mitzvah Shabbat Torah. It's very nice because it's through the mitzvah of Mila that one can 
can observe Torah mitzvahs because Torah mitzvahs requires mila. Otherwise, you have the Timtum Alev, you have the Oral Salev. It's only not allowed to do. But it's Yadua, their Kiveger, with this Kasha, said a tremendous Chiddush Halacha. He said, we know the Halacha is that a father has a mitzvah to mal a son. Let's say there's no father in the picture. So Bezdin, other people now that have the mitzvah. Says Rebbe Kiveger, could be that if there's no father... Although there's Bezdin, but before Bezdin, the grandfather would have a mitzvah to do the bris milah. Why? Because although the, mitzvah, the grandfather doesn't have a special mitzvah bris milah, but he does have a mitzvah to teach his grandson Torah. So being that you have an obligation to teach him Torah, without bris milah, he can't learn Torah. So it's like a hechsher for your mitzvah of Talmud Torah that you would have an obligation to go ahead and teach him this as well. That's from Kivegas Chedesh. But Yeduah and the Velt and the Yeshiva Shavelt, they say over a different tarets. They say based on something that Reb Chaim Briska said. We're familiar with the Gemara Masech Menachis, where the Gemara said that David Amalek was running away from Shaul, and he was in a base of Merchitz, and he got really, really scared. Pashid he was scared, because Shaul was chasing him. But says the Gemara, that's not why he was scared. The reason he was scared was because he looked down and he realized he was Orem in our mitzvahs. He was Orem, and he was Orem. He had no mitzvahs, and he was afraid in the base of Merchitz. Now I'm vulnerable. Now Shaul can come attack me. Kivish and Estakel Bemila, says the Gemara, when he saw his bris Mila, he was happy because he realized he still has a mitzvah. He has the mitzvah of Milo. Says you do it. The Reb Chaim asked. He says, "Why was David Amelech happy or comforted when he saw the fact that he had a brismila? Brismila was not evidence of a mitzvah that he was doing then. Brismila was an evidence of a mitzvah that he had done when he was much younger." He was happy because he realized that he once did a mitzvah. What, David Melech forgot that he did mitzvahs? The reason he was concerned, the reason he thought he was vulnerable is because right now he wasn't doing a mitzvah. So how exactly did the fact that he had once done bris milo, presumably his father Yishai, mouthed his son when he was eight days old, so why in the world did that give him nechamas? Rabbi Chaim said, you see from here a tremendous chiddush, that there's two dinim in the mitzvah of milo. There's the maisa mitzvah milo, which is something that happens once in a person's life. It happens when a child is eight days old, and then there's a separate kiyom mitzvah that every person has from the fact that he is a mohol. So Reb Chaim said, David HaMelech didn't just see his milah and remember a mitzvah that once happened. He realized he was being mekayim a mitzvah right now. What's the mitzvah? Of being a mohol. Not the maizah mitzvah, but being a mohol. Being a mohol is a mitzvah. A person is mekayim, a yid is mekayim every single moment of the day and that's why he had nechama because he realized that right now he was mekayim a mitzvah. So the Velt says this, Reb Chaim, to answer of Kvegas Kasha. Kvegas Kasha was the wise milah, brisa yom of Yem of Alayla, something you do one time. Where's the Yem of Alayla? The Teretz is the Maisa Mitzvah Smila, something that happens once. But this Kiyom of every second of the day being a mole, that's something that does happen in Yem of Alayla. I mean, that's something that happens in Yem of Alayla. That's why Brasmila would be considered Yem of Alayla. We haven't spoken at this rate in a while, but there's a lot of Gishmaka rate. I'll say it over really quickly. And that is that the Mogan Avram brings from that Rizal, who said an unbelievable thing. From that Gemara, he brought a Raya, very good, that there's an Indian, the Katchila, to sleep with your tzitzis. What's his raya? He says, because David HaMelech is in a base of Merchitz, and all of a sudden he's afraid. Now Shalom Melech is going to get me. Why? Because he was already in a mitzvah. He had no mitzvahs right now. Until he saw the milah, then he realized that he did have a mitzvah. Freik Darizal, that every single night when David HaMelech went to sleep, why wasn't he equally as concerned? When he went to sleep at night, he had no mitzvahs. He was already in a mitzvah. Says Darizal, but there it is. No, he wasn't already in a mitzvah. So he had a sitzes. So you see that he wore sitzes even by night. So Morgan of Rome brings us Darizal. He says like this If it's a Messiah, there's a Kabbalah that Darizal had, that because it isn't to where it sits at night, I'll take it. However, if he had no Messiah, it was all a raya from this, then yesh l'tshuva. That's already something, why? He says, because 
Dariza wanted to know why David Melch wasn't concerned every night that he was Arban Amitzvah. You know why? He was lying in his bed and he had a mezuzah by the door. And that's why he wasn't concerned. He had a mezuzah. So he had the mitzvah mezuzah. That's what was protecting him. And it's for that reason, from this Mogan Avram, I could bring a, say a tremendous Chiddush Allah. And that is that the only time a person's Mekayim the mitzvah mezuzah is when he's, is when he's in his house. But if a person's not in his house, he's not Mekayim the mitzvah mezuzah. Why? Because the Mogan Avram said that the reason David Melech wasn't concerned when he was lying in bed is because he had the mitzvah mezuzah. For, for the same price, he shouldn't have been concerned when he was in the base of Merchitz. Because when he was in the base of Merchitz, he also had his mezuzah. Vaistois, the only time you're Mekayim the mitzvah mezuzah is when you're in your house. So Rukhivega asks as Akasha, says if that's the case, you're only Mekayim the mezuzah when you're in your house. When you leave your house, you go to work, you go to yeshiva, you're not Mekayim the mitzvah. You come back home, you're Mekayim the mitzvah again. Fake Rukhivega, it's Rukhivega in the tshuva, you can look it up. You have to figure out what tshuva is first, but you can look it up. Rabbi Kinegar says, from here, I have a kasha, that every time a person comes home at night, he should make a new bracha on his mezuzah. Because when he wasn't home, he wasn't being mekayim the mitzvah. Now you're being mekayim the mitzvah again. So it's as if you're doing the mitzvah all over again. If you're doing the mitzvah all over again, you should have a chiyam to mekayim the mitzvah. Regarding Rabbi Kinegar's kasha, we've spoken after Ritzim in the past, if you want... We talked about this, but two mahalchim we spoke out. Number one, the Ramah brings a day that a person in his chedeshina, in the bed, the room that he sleeps in, maybe there's no mitzvah mezuzah because there's issues with tashmash amita and kis kis. So it could be David Malch didn't have a mezuzah in the room that he slept in. One mahalach. Another mahalach is that David Malch lived in Yerushalayim. That's where he lived. It's a Rashi Yuma, I think. That David lived in Yerushalayim. There's machlekes in the Gemara if Yerushalayim was neschalk l'shvatim. And the Gemara says, there's two nafkiminas if Yerushalayim was neschalk l'shvatim. Number one, the halachas of nigei batim. And number two, the halachas of mezuzah. So it could be there was no chiv mezuzah in Yerushalayim. Anyways, if Yerushalayim was neschalk l'shvatim, so the... Mogad Avram's kashim that Rizal was, he had his mezuzah. Not necessarily that he had his mezuzah. If Yerushalayim was like Nizchal Kalashvatim, it could be he really didn't have a mezuzah. Either way, the Gemara continues. Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Amar Rabbi Shosh, Amar Lechel, Amar Lechel, Amar Lechel, Amar Lechel, So he got really scared. Amar, he said, Shem Yehish B'Dovah Meguna. Maybe Hashem's telling me, Ve'eh It sounds like right now I'm incomplete. Right now I have a mum. So is there something wrong with me? That I have to do something to become Tomim? Kivin Sh'amar Lechel, Etna Brisi, Beni Yivinecha. But then Hashem told him, just giving you a mitzvah milah, that everything is fine. I'm just giving you a new mitzvah. Neskarera Daitai. Says the Gemara Vaita. The topic of Ramavino, Hashem takes Avram outside. What does it mean? He took him outside, what he was in his living room, and now he took him to the back porch. No. My mazel tells me the only son I'm going to have is Yishmael. You're promising me all these wonderful things that I'm going to have children. All I have is Yishmael right now. Is this what you mean? You mean Yishmael that I didn't even have through my wife? I had through a Pelegesh Hagar. Oh my Lord. So Hashem told him, go hachutza. What does it mean? Stop with your astrology. I understand astrology is telling you that you're not going to have any other children. However, astrology doesn't apply to you because for you, Ain Mazali Yisrael. So Ain Mazali Yisrael, Yesh Mazali Yisrael, that's a Gemara. And then the Masech the Shabbos, there's what to talk about now, but there's no time to talk about it. But one Ha'ara that is Kedai mentioning is that Rashi in Parshas Lachacha brings a, an exchange between Avram and Hashem on this Pasuk, but he brings it with a different punchline, a different, different version of it. The Makar to Rashi is a Medrash. The Medrash says that Hashem told Avram told Hashem, I'm not going to have any other children. So, 
Hashem tells Avram, like he tells him in our Gemara, but not in Mazel Yisrael, but rather, it's true, Avram won't have any children, but Avram, Moilid. And Hashem changed his name from Avram to Avram, meaning that it sounds like from the Medrash that the Medrash was not of the opinion in Mazel Yisrael. That really Mazel would have applied to Avram Avinu just like it applied to everybody else. However, Hashem was going to change his name. When you change a person's name, you mashana a person's name, you mashana his mazel. So is it because a mazel Yisrael, or is it that Avram, Taka, won't have any children, but Avram will have a child? So, again, there's a lot to talk about, but one or it could be this has to do with the Mishal Malach Shailah. Mishal Malach and Prashish Drachim, who declares whether the others who kept Kala Terukula had a din of a Ben Noyach, or whether they had a din of a Yid. If the of this, Avram Avinu had a din of a yid, then this Gemara makes sense. In Mazel Yisrael, Avram, you're a yid. In Mazel Yisrael. But if even Avram Avinu, one of the others, who kept Kala didn't have a din of a yid, but rather had a din of a Benoyach, then in Mazel Yisrael was not applicable. In Mazel Yisrael would not become applicable until after Har Sinai. So it's for that reason, then the Taina would have to be something else. Avram, Elin, Moilid, Abel Avram, Moilid, Omer, Rabbi Yitzchak, Kala Masman, someone who acts like a Tomim, which means he doesn't beseek astrologers, Hashem acts in exchange to him as a Tomim. Anyone who acts like a Tomim, again, he doesn't go to the astrologers. He's going to have success. And it says right afterwards, be a Tomim, meaning don't go after all these Nechashim and these things. And what does it say after? Rome had a tremendous bracha, a tremendous success. Oh, my Rebbe, anyone who is concerned with nichush type things, with superstition, right? If it rains today, don't do this. Or if a black cat passes me, don't do that. So, he's the one that has to be worried about it. As if to say that if you're going to be a nachash, you're going to have, you will have nachash. This is not So what do you mean? You will have nachash if you're a menachish. It's you will not have nachash. You're right. It's not learned that from a pasik. Rather, it's a svara. It's a pashit, a svara. That if someone, Hashem always conducts himself. So if you're a menachish, Hashem in exchange will act with you in the same way. Tony, I have a brother of Zay. Call them Chain Menachish, Machnis and Noisem Mechitsa, Shafil Menachish, or Saint Chayel Migones Bezaycha. Someone who's not a Menachish will have such a tremendous reward. See, we don't have this Yitzhahara today because we live in a very different world. But once upon a time, apparently the Yitzhahara for this was tremendous. There's so many Psukim of the Torah that talk about it, so many Gemaras that talk about it. So, someone that was not a Menachish, he's going to be Zaycha to a Ganadin that even the Malachi Asharis can't get. Shenem and Kilay Nachash be Yaakov, like Kassim be Strava Gun. Omer Abavo, Omer Abalaz, Neman, and Nishavram Vino, Vinishtab, the Bundle. This Gemara is a very important Gemara. Again, we'll do what we do. But why was Avraham Avinu punished? That his Enoch were forced into slavery in Mitzrayim for 210 years. The Yidim were Avodah in Mitzrayim 210 years. Whenever you talk about how long the Yidim were in Mitzrayim, there's a whole bunch of different series. 210 years, 400 years, 430 years. So you have to just work it out with Rashi and Chumash to figure out how to reconcile all these different numbers. So the Gemara says 210 years, they were Avodah in Mitzrayim. So why... Were, were they punished? And why do we assume it has something to do with Avram Avinu? Because Hashem already told Avram Avinu at the Bris Mein Absarim, Hashem already warned, told Avram. So apparently this was decreed at the time of Avram Avinu. So it sounds like it's related to something Avram Avinu did. So asks the Gemara, what did Avram Avinu do that his 
Enekoch deserved to be Avodim of Mitzrayim for 210 years. Bepnesha also and Garyo betalmidech hachomim. The reason is, is because he forced the talmidech hachomim into work. Shenemar vayorek eschanichoch yilide besoy. So when Avram goes to fight the wars, the four kings and the five kings, so he mobilizes his troops, he takes chanichoch yilide besoy. The Rand says, chanichoch means the people that he was mechanach on mitzvahs. So he took his, he took all the, the, the Yingalite into war. So that reason he was punished. Shmulo amep neshivis amidesh ha-kadosh baruchu. It's because he questioned Hashem. Shenemar vameedak yirashena. And that flows very well with the Pesukim. Hashem promises Avram. Avram says, how do I know? And then right away, the Brisbane Amsorim, which is where Hashem tells Avram about the 400 years that you're not going to be in Mitzrayim. So you see there's a connection between Hashem's que- Avram's question about Me'eda and Hashem's response of slaves in Mitzrayim for 400 years. It's because he took the Yidin and he somehow, not Yidin, he prevented people from becoming gay, which people should never tell because the Melech Stoim, after the war, tells Avram, you give me back the people, I want the human resources, and you can take all the money, you can take whatever you want, and apparently Avram agreed with that, so why did he give the people back to Stoim? They're going to go back to Stoim, they're going to become like Stoim, but if Avram takes them, they have a chance of becoming Gerim, so he wrote off those people, and it's for that reason that he was punished. As I'm reading the Gemara, you know, it hit me that you know, people talk about why the Holocaust happened, why this happened, you see that even the Amorot weren't sure why Golis Mitzrayim happened, this is and they, there's three different opinions in the Gemara why the Yidin ended up in Mitzrayim. So I think probably for us to figure out why things happen is probably somewhat complicated. But either way, the passage continues, What does that mean? He took them away from Torah, as if the Ran says. He took them away from their learning. Right? That was one of the reasons why Avram was punished. He took them into war. Shmuel Omar, Shairikam Bezahov, that he gave them a lot of money. Just like money is good, right? It has like a yellowish look, the gold color. So that's what it means. Shmoina Asar, so much money. Shmoina Asar, Vishlesh Meyos. 318 people is the amount of people that he took with him to go fight. Omer Ab Ami Bar Abba, Eliezer Gnegakum. Eliezer was as great as all 318. Ikeda Amri, that what he meant to say was Eliezer who. It wasn't 318 people, it was Eliezer. The Chush B'nei Hachiyav, you do the Gematria of Eliezer, it's 318. That's the 318 people that the Pasuk refers to. It means Eliezer, whose Gematria is a remez to one person, Eliezer. The Oman, the topic of Gematrias. Avraham Avinu was three years old when he recognized Hashem. Shenemar Ekev Ashashoma Avraham Mikoyli. The Chush Meyo the Shivin the train. The gematri of the word Akev is 172. So Akev for 172 years, Avram listened to Hashem. After that, implied is that he did not. It's your doer, the Rambam in the beginning of Hilchas of Edezara says that Avram was 40 years old when he first was Makir's boy. The Rabbit asks from this Gemara, you see, he was. Three, not forty. The Kesavishna says Elu Elu Divrei He started noticing things when he was three, but he didn't have it all figured out until he was forty. There's a medrash the Kesavishna brings afterwards that says he was forty-eight. We spoke out once from Shmuel who said that the Seder Olam, that the Seder Olam says that Avram was forty-eight when the Dara Flaga happened. And he said it's not a coincidence. The Dara Flaga happened at the same exact time that Avram figured it all out and realized that there's a Hashem because it was a there was, there was a Kaya Chatuma and the Umazed, there was a Kaya Chaktusha that descended upon the world at the same time. And the world used it, Litoma, 
the Daraflaga. Avram used it Liktusha, and that's why he was able, Dafka, at that exact time, to figure it all out. The Shefa came down, and it was a perfect Zelo Umazah. Either you could have gone the Daraflaga route, or you could have gone Avram route. Avram was the only one who took the road that he took. Avram Ivri, Kolo Ilum, Ever Echav, Avram Ever Asheni. Everybody else stumbled, everybody else ended up with the Daraflaga. The word Hasatan is Bechush Bnei Tlas Meya Veshitin Barba. It's Gematria 634. Uh, 364. And what's the Rebbe's of 364? It's Gemara that we did learn together. The 365 days of the year and one day the Sutton doesn't have a Kirchim Mekatrik and that is on Yom Kippur and that is the 364. Maybe if we have a minute, maybe we'll speak something out on this. It says Avram. And it says Avram. So Pasha, his name was Avram. Hashem changed his name to Avram. But Rabbi Ami Baraba, who apparently Darshan Gematrios, Darshan this one as well. Initially, when Avram's name was Avram, Avram's Gematri 243, because he was Melech on top of his 243 Avarim. And afterwards, Hashem added a hey, because there were five Avarim that before. Before, once before, before Brismila, that's when Hashem changed his name. Before Brismila, he didn't have Shlita over, and now with the Brismila, he had somehow dominance over those five other Evarim. Elohim, which were the five Evarim that he didn't have dominance over before Brismila that he did have afterwards? Shtei Enayim is two eyes, Shtei Enayim is two ears, that's the Ever HaTashmish. What's Pshan in a Pasek? The Pasek is in Koheles. It says, Irkitana, there was a small city, there were few people in the city. There was a very mighty king that came. The Sava voice, he surrounded the city. And he built fortresses around the city. He's late siege on it. He's going to go enter the city. And the problem is, the people living in the city had an issue. There was a poor, very wise man. And using his cleverness, he was able to save the city. However, this person, he had his 15 minutes of fame, but afterwards, the world forgot about him, and he didn't get the credit that he deserved, which was for saving the city. Says the Gemara. Darshan's the Gemara. It's a nice muscle. But all it is is a marshal. Irktan is a guf. It's referring to the guf. Vanoshim ba'ma'at eloi vor. Uba'ilem melech gadol v'sive v'yisah zayetzaras. A person has a guf. He has a varim. He's vulnerable. He's like an irktano. The mighty king, the yetzahara comes. Uba'ilem mitzayin v'charom eloi v'yinus. That's causing him to do averus, and he creates a scenario where he's going to fall. Umatzah ba'ish miskein v'chacham zayetzatayv. The yetzatayv, relative to the yetzahara, is a poor, weak. Individual, however, with his Chachma, he's able to save the city, this person, from his Yetzirah. And what's the Chachma? Less than When is the Yetzirah forgotten? When he's in the clutches of the Yetzirah, person doesn't even remember that he has his Yetzirah. That's how powerful the Yetzirah is. Shlitin. Chachma can get, provide a person with more strength than ten rulers can. Chachma toys the chachams of Chuva Masim Toivim, Masora Shlitim, who are the ten Shlitim, Shtei Nayim, Shtei Aznayim, Shtei Odayim, Shtei Raglayim, Vere Shakvia, Upe, Omrab Schayim, Shumba Bishmo, Bikish Gadosh Bokal Eitzikun Mishem. Shem wanted that all the Kayhanim should come not from Aharon Akoyim, but from Shem. Shenema, who Kayhan, Aharon also comes from Shem. But either way, who Kayhan, 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 See, Shem was a Kayan, and his family was supposed to be Kayan. But when Shem 
gave a bracha to Avram before he gave a bracha to Hashem. Hashem changed the audible and said, It's not coming from Shem, it's going to come from Avram. Shem Avram First he gives Avram a bracha, and then afterwards he gives Hashem a bracha. Avram, right away, he was a kanoi. He told Shem, It's very nice to give him covered, but don't give me covered at the expense of Hashem. Hashem the next You're going to be a Why? What does that mean? Only he was a Koyen. But the Enzari Kayin, meaning his children were also supposed to be Kayanim. However, the reason they didn't become Kayanim was because of what he said. Just one thing on the previous Gemara. So, Rab Ami Barabbas said that Hasotan, the word Hasotan is Gematria 364. The 365 days in the year, but there's only 364 days that the Satan has a Kayach, and that is the, the, what's the one day that he doesn't have a Kayach? That one day is Yom Kippur. So I saw once from Yenis and Ibishitz, he said that, you know, it's very nice, you take the word Satan, you add a hey to it, you make it 364, you have a Kasha, there's one day missing. But really, the word is Satan, it's not Ha Satan, and Satan is Begumatria 359, which would imply that there's six days missing. So the six days that the Eitzahara doesn't have a Shlita, not one day, that was Rebbe Kasha. So Rebbe said, a Dover Niflo, he said that the truth is there are four days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot. During those four days, Chazal say a person is very busy doing mitzvahs and he doesn't have time to do Averis. The first day of Sukkot is Rishon Lecheshben Avonis, a person doesn't even have time to do Averis. So the truth is it really is 359 because you don't have Yom Kippur. The four days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot, that's another, it's five, plus Sukkot itself is six. So it's 365. Minus 365 minus 6, which ends up 300. So there's a remez of Ha-Satan, that's what the Gemara said. But there's gradual also a remez of Satan itself. Satan itself has a remez, it's a remez of 359. Just to be Metzayim, one Maramakim, this would be innocent, and that's a Gura. The Bira Gura, the Ramot, the very end of Hilchot Yom Kippurim says that the minigas that we don't say Tachnun between Yom Kippur and Sukkot. No Tachnun, no Tzedkoscha, there's no Tachnun. Says the guy, why not? Mishum Dahavi Yom Because those days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot are Yom Tif. What kind of yontif is it? It's Yom Kippur b'miktas. And what's the Goyim's makar? Zevi the pasuk, the Medrash says, "Al pasuk ulekachtem lochem b'yemerishim." We know the Medrash says, "Ulekachtem lochem b'yemerishim." What does b'yemerishim mean? Rishon lechesman avayin. All the chesed shesvarim are bothered. Why Rishon lechesman avayin is sukkis? Rishon lechesman avayin should be yudah of tishrei. The morning after Yom Kippur, that's when you start doing averes. Says the Goyim, "Betzachos l'shoyna." You know why? Because the four days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot are still Yom Eislich and Kapara. So therefore, the Rishon Al-Khajman doesn't start yet. When does it start? The first time, if it's Yom Eislich and Kapara, it's a Yom Tiv. If it's a Yom Tiv, you don't say Tachem. It's the same exact idea that there's a concept of Sotan, which is 359, just like there's a concept of Ha-Sotan, which is 364.